0: I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. The sports call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday. And we are now excited to go back to our orthopedic clinic phone line. And we welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire, kind enough to take some time out of his Wednesday to join us as he does each and every Wednesday throughout the NFL season. Joe, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things in your world?
1: Oh, it's not too bad. uh Happy to talk about some good football here Thursday night, of course. And, uh, rematch of the super bowl as well later in the week too so we should have we should be trending towards a uh, positive football a lot of these uh, bad teams getting their bye weeks late in the season that's nice for us as the viewer uh
0: uh-huh. yes i recall the end of our conversation last week we were really appetized by the uh the week's <laughs> offerings of uh of primetime football but yes bengals and ravens will certainly change things up there and joe we'll start there i mean that is an important game uh, not only in the AFC North and in the AFC playoff picture, but in fantasy when you're talking about the weapons that the Bengals have continued to have, the, the right track that they had started to get back on until last week's performance, uh, and then for Baltimore, who Lamar Jackson continues to be uh, both in the real world and in fantasy football there with uh, just his threat as a dual threat. I mean, just talk about some fantasy implications and interesting things that you're looking out for in this game.
1: Yeah, so no T. Higgins for a second consecutive week for the Bengals. Tough injury that you know, maybe if he was available, uh, or if this game was Sunday or Monday, he would have been available. It's a bad timing from a scheduling perspective. Tyler Boyd was was pretty darn good, all, uh, all touchdown misses aside in last week's loss to the Texans. And I, I think that the Bengals, I don't know if they're going to win. I mean, this is in Baltimore, but I think it's going to be really competitive. I, I understand the result last week was a little bit surprising for a lot of people. But I think it's just the Texans are really good, and I'm not I'm not sour on the Bengals and their defense has been really good except for this one week two against um, an opposition C.J. Stroud and Texans that they've really not not had to deal with a lot. They know the Ravens, and i know that Todd Munkin is different offensive coordinator, and the Ravens have more weapons. I, I, I get all that, but at the end of the day, it's AFC North battle, you know what the Ravens are, especially under John Harbaugh, and I think. That's that's kind of the key for me. So I, I really feel like the Bengals are going to be competitive. I certainly think they have a chance to win, and it's not that I think the Ravens are a bad team either. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if these are the top two teams in terms of win-loss record uh, at the end of the season in the AFC. Maybe the Chiefs mix in, given they don't have to face other AFC North player or uh, opponents. But I, I really think uh, the Ravens have elevated to a level that they are among the best teams. They've taken over that Bills spot over the past couple years. And I think the Bengals are still who they've been uh, since Joe Burrow really has taken over the starting quarterback. So I'm anticipating a, a great matchup from a fantasy perspective. Every one of those guys you're already utilizing. Uh, and I don't even know if there's that many fringe guys like Odell Beckham or Shaw Bateman that you're considering, but all your studs, you're definitely going out there. But we sh- this should be a treat. I mean, this should be a good game that uh, we could finally enjoy on Thursday night. So, looking at Denver, talking about the Broncos, it seems like uh, Russell Wilson has silently been cooking pretty well. Um, And and Cortland Sutton has really become his favorite target. Um, You know, only two games without a touchdown, and uh, so far this season, uh, do you think he's truly become a viable um, uh, wide receiver option, flex option for your team? Absolutely, in the terms of Cortland Sutton. You know, with all the Redstone opportunities, I think there's only Two games this year in which Sutton has not scored a touchdown. It was a really nifty catch Monday night as well too. Uh, there, there's value, including Russell Wilson is obviously utilizing him. It's it's how often the Broncos I think get to the red zone that become problematic. And I'm I'm not a math guy by any means. Uh, I, I stopped as soon as I could in high school. Once we got the shapes involved, that's when I dumped out of math. So to me, when I look in the offense of the Broncos that maybe gets to the red zone three four times in a given game. And you're saying, well, the probability of a player always scoring the red zone is like, I don't know, let's just say 25%. And there's already only four opportunities anyway. At some point, this hot streak of Cortland Sutton's has to run out. Not even so much that he's a bad player or Russell Wilson's a bad player, but just statistics would tell you that you're not supposed to be this consistently good in the red zone for offense that does not get there. I think they're uh, like midway or like bottom third, kind of like the 20th range in terms of uh, red zone efficiency and getting to the red zone. I think it goes back to Russell Wilson in particular. And if this was Moonball, Peak Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson, it's a different conversation because Jerry Judy becomes far more viable. I think Cortland Sutton also could be a deep ball threat too. But when your fantasy value is entirely reliant on what you're doing in the red zone and your team is not very good at getting there, I mean, we see with Romeo Dobbs as well for the Packers, that's just that's not sustainable when you have a tough matchup. And the Broncos have made it through matchups that I thought would be tricky, the Chiefs times now in particular the bills as well uh and i I just get concerned that your you as a fantasy player are relying on so many things going right in a scenario that from a data perspective we have shown won't happen consistently from a touchdown perspective and the offense so it makes it makes me nervous uh but i like Cortland sutton far more than i would like a russell wilson
0: Joe, when I look at the slate this week, and yes, there's a a great game on Monday night we'll get to in just a second, I do spy some high-powered offenses going against some really poor teams and poor defenses. Games such as Houston against Arizona, Detroit against Chicago and Dallas against Carolina maybe even throw in San Francisco against the Bucks weaker defense I mean what, what are some of the matchups there? Are, are there players that you're trying to stack in those games even some number three options on some of those teams because you figure they'll get a better uh, go of it or, or or how do you evaluate when there seems to be big mismatches like that
1: yeah I think there was four games in the week 11 slate with a double digit point spread so 49ers uh Buccaneers Lions, Bears, uh, Commanders, Giants, I think was in that same conversation as well, too. And you had mentioned the Dolphins, Raiders. Uh I I don't know if it's a stacking situation per se, and maybe it becomes more viable because we watched the Cowboys do it last week against the Giants, where cd Lamb went nuts of so Brandon Cooks, someone goes Gallup score touchdown and Dak Prescott was great. That that might be a couple of things. The Cowboys are, are really good at beating up on bad teams and they have the Panthers this week, so hey, you maybe run back that stack. Uh, I think That might actually be a double-digit point game, too, or at least it's close to it. Uh, and then also, it's a divisional matchup where you want to embarrass your divisional opponent as much as possible, especially Cowboys versus Giants. They've done so, obviously, I think it was like 89 to 16 or 19 in terms of uh, points scored in those two contests. So mission accomplished from Dallas's perspective. A few of those, I just don't feel like you can reasonably stack or you are already doing so anyway. So case in point, 49ers, Buccaneers, you're already playing Brandon Aiyuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey. None of those extra guys you're really looking at utilizing. I think the Cowboys, you could consider Brandon Cooks, who's available in 60% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, when we did the podcast on Tuesday, that might have changed a little bit with waivers, but still widely available. And I think in a certain instance, you mentioned Texans-Cardinals. Well, Texans' defense is pretty good. The Cardinals' defense isn't great, but you're probably already playing Noah Brown and Nico Collins, if he's healthy, uh, and Tank Dell. Like, DJ Stroud has elevated those guys to the point where you are considering them. So I'm looking more at a game like the Chargers-Packers. And, yes, uh, this is my weekly time to
0: bemoan how bad my, my team is. They are. <laughs> hey, it was close right last uh, week, though. It came down to last play.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're bad. I know. I thank, just... you, thank you, Steelers, for uh, making <laughs> us have faith for 58 minutes. Uh, some of us, I should say. But that's a, that's a scenario where Quentin Johnston or Jalen Guyton, typically guys you would not be starting at all. I think there is going to be offense. I think the Packers will be able to move the ball on the Chargers, and then the Chargers certainly can move the ball against Joe Barry's defense. Uh, those are two players I absolutely consider. on the reverse side, Jade Reed's been looking pretty good. Romeo Dobbs has been a touchdown machine. Um, even Dontavian Wicks has been more involved. So it's those it's those level of players that even in matchups where it's like only a, over under, I think it's at forty four that I would consider stacking because I think I think Vegas has that one wrong, that there will be more offense involved because the defenses on both teams are not very good.
0: Well, Joe, well, I, 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 as big of a Packers fan you are, I, I know you also love the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, let's <laughs> talk about the Vikings real quick. Their running back situation uh, kind of up in the air right now. Uh, is, is Ty Chandler a guy that you start? Is Madison going to be back for the Vikings? I mean, if you have some of those guys on your fantasy uh, team going up against a bad defense this week, how, what are you looking at and what are you trying to plan for?
1: Yeah, so the NFL has wanted to avoid bad publicity ever since Tua uh, injured his backslash, definitely got concussed. And they have done so by now implanting the following year that basically anybody who has a concussion does not play. The only exception is star quarterbacks when you need a win, so thank oh. you 49ers for breaking that mold and starting Brock Purdy that one week and they still lost. I, I would assume uh, the Vikings do not value Madison the same way the NFL values Brock Purdy, so Madison will not play. Ty Chandler got 15 carries for 45 yards last week uh, after Madison left that game. Cam Akers, of course, on, uh, on injured reserve with the Achilles uh, tear. So it, it does look like it's Ty Chandler's backfield. I don't think Ty Chandler is very good at football. Okay? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think he's even like a third or fourth running back. And right. why he's on the Vikings team, I'm not quite positive. Okay, well, Kenny Nwangu, uh, really good special teams guy, not super involved from a ball carry perspective either. I think Dwayne McBride actually is an interesting pickup if you are in a really deep league. Like McBride objectively is a better football player, certainly proved that in college over the past two years. Uh, and while the Vikings have made a poor decision having uh, uh, Chandler over McBride throughout this portion of the season, well, now you need offense. You got your third string backup quarterback, whatever it is, with Josh Dobbs. Uh, Jefferson probably will come back They might just pass the ball a whole lot But if you do need ground game And Madison, even when he was healthy Wasn't providing that They should consider McBride I'm assuming they're going to be dumb They're going to pick Ty Chandler And they're going to be really happy That three yards per carry And hope that Josh Dobbs Continues his sanity moment And maybe he will But I'm not confident Ty Chandler Is an automatic start and play uh, Even though he seems projected To be the obvious backfield guy For the Vikings
0: all right, Joe. So the game of the week uh, is clearly uh, Giants-Commander. Stumpskin no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Is the Eagles and the Chiefs uh, rematch of last year's Super Bowl. It is in Arrowhead. The Chiefs' defense has actually been really awesome this year. I don't know if people have uh, quite noticed it as much because they're always watching Mahomes. But uh, how do you see that game going? And, and is there anyone you particularly want to start or sit in that game?
1: Yeah, and it's funny. You mentioned the Chiefs' defense looking good. I don't think people have realized the Eagles' defense has not looked really good. And obviously their pass rushes are great, but the secondary, despite having a lot of names that people had known, and, of course, trading for Kevin Byard, uh, from the Titans, they just haven't performed to the level you'd expect. Maybe that's the Eagles trying to get things right, much of the same way people have been saying now for weeks that Chiefs' offense is going to get things right. And I, and I think both are going to eventually happen. But it, it is a little bit eerie that the Eagles, who have been really built upon that, have haven't been to rely on Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift and AJ Brown to do uh, just crazy uh, heroics in order to be able to get victorious. So I I'm playing a guy like Rasheed Rice who is an ob- in, well he's an obvious start in the sense in, in certain formats, but I think he really has ascended in that Chiefs offense. And this is the point of time where I think the Chiefs really need to get Rasheed Rice to be a thing. They, I felt like early in the season they were focusing on Kadarius Tony. Obviously, he lost that game in week one, but he just wasn't good with the amount of focus and workload. They need another person come the playoffs besides Travis Kelsey, because good teams, which the Chiefs will be facing the whole way through, can key in on a player, no matter how good Kelsey is. So you need to have a second option. This is the gear-up period, kind of like what we see in the NBA, where it's like, all right, uh, March and April really are getting your playoff rotation set, so come June, you know what you're doing. I think that's what weeks 12 and onward and I guess week 11, uh, for the chiefs is going to be for Rashi rice. So I like him a lot. Uh, and I think the usual suspects for the Eagles are going to be great too. I hope this is going to be as explosive and, and entertaining, uh, as the Super Bowl was. And I think there's no reason to doubt them. Uh, I think both teams are going to go all out.
0: Yeah. Again, a stark contrast in the uh, primetime matchups uh, this weekend for sure. Uh, I know that, uh, last week was um, was something to be desired although some of them were close it's just not objectively good stuff and uh this week will be much better he's joe bartle of rotowire joining us today on sports call joe again uh, tell us about uh, the busy schedule you have there uh with all the podcasts and radio you do and then uh, what uh, rotowire can help with if you're a fantasy manager as you're all these fantasy managers gearing up towards their playoff push trying to have the last few games here before the playoffs
1: yeah, playoffs and trade deadline. And that's actually what we talked about on the Tuesday Word of Wear podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts is Word Aware Fantasy Football. Uh, we go over the waiver wire and kind of talk the strategy for Ty Chandler, uh, for Keaton Mitchell in shallower leagues, too. There's likely some Devin Singletary that you probably could still get. So we go over all that. We talk about some trade candidates as well, too. James Conner was activated off of injured reserve for the Cardinals last week, but there still is Devon H.M. for the Dolphins, who is now practicing, maybe does play this week although well, lot, might be a bit aggressive so there's there's kind of some thoughts with that. Um, on my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports, I posted uh, the big betting sheet where I go over every game, over under, every spread. Eleven and three last week. Uh, I don't want to pat myself the back too much because normally that means I'll go three and eleven for the next three weeks. Uh, anytime I get a little bit high on my horse, uh, on my picking spread stuff. So it's been fun. I've been enjoying that exercise, and I think it's overall expanded not my knowledge of the game, but uh, how in tune I am with everything going on and. Uh, been uh, really cool with that. So then Friday, Sirius XM channel, 87, uh, 10, no, sorry, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, going over all the week matchups. I will be off the following two weeks, obviously the holidays uh, going on then. So last time to hear me on Sirius XM in the month of November, if that matters to you. Uh, Yeah, but lots of different ways to view my content.
0: Joe, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. Uh, We wish you and your Milwaukee Bucks uh, the best in the coming days and weeks, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on.